Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Tuesday, August 1st, we're back. National Girlfriend's Day, which, I mean, we could talk about that if we want to. I mean, we probably should say something right off the hop. Hey, happy National Girlfriend's Day, everybody. It, this is the part where you guys can come in and say that, too, if that's something you want to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, happy National. Is it girlfriend or girlfriends? Because Just your girlfriend. Just, yeah. the, just the one, Adam. Just yeah. yours. This is not a Lou Williams. Just yeah. go ahead. Happy National Girlfriend Day. Yes, and I'd like to wish the same. But now let's do a hard right turn and get into Uncle Adam, who welcomed yeah. in a, a a nephew today. So congratulations, Adam. Uh, how are you feeling, dude? It's been a whirlwind seven hours, I'm sure. It's It's been exciting. I uh, didn't expect it to drop this soon. I think he was supposed to drop on... Uh, not draw but you know he was supposed to get released on the weekend here so he came a little early um so unfortunately i'm not in town to go meet the guy but uh looks like he's doing well and my sister's doing well and he weighed in at uh like seven pounds which i hear is pretty good for a newborn so i mean yeah I'm, i'm happy to meet the kid he's still unnamed and they uh they did the whole like we don't want to know what gender he is so um it's a boy by the way but like we were buying them like all the clothing had to be beige and like everything had to be neutral colors because they didn't know <laughs> if it was gonna be a boy or girl uh, i'm i'm sure they would have been happy either way but yeah i, I think uh my sister is pretty happy and, i love uh, that anti-gender reveal because the gender reveal i think we've talked about has just gone on way too long and it's just getting like obnoxious now it's, like, it's out of hand Dane, it's out of hand like do it the old-fashioned yeah. way and this is good for 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 Miriam and uh, Hussein because no. science says yeah. science says yes. that couples that have a, a boy as their first child tend to last longer. Let's go. I mean, All right? Okay, I think they were gonna last regardless. Okay. But let's take a hard right out of that one. All right, good stats, <laughs> Owen. That was really insightful. But we're gonna have to brush off that one. No, is it gonna be Kareem? Is that gonna be his name? Did I don't want to go on the record with something that's because I could beep that out if I have to. I don't know. I mean, but... I I asked what the name was and uh, she said she doesn't know yet. So, I mean, okay. I said, I'm like, you had nine months to figure it out. And she's like, I can't name the kid before I met the kid. So I guess she needs a couple of days to think about what she wants to name him. Is there uh is there any like Algerian like traditions? Like when you bring the kid home or anything? I know, I know Serbian, they'll just give like an infant that's like, 24 hours old like 200 euros it's like raw that's just going to the parents <laughs> um, they just slip it in the kids like i don't know just shirt or something not that i know of no i think it's i mean i i haven't been around a newborn in well like ever so yeah i don't really know i don't think there's anything special that goes on okay good well you can create a new tradition that's the way i like to see it are you gonna start decking them in like cowboys gear Oh, I, I told her I'm going to buy him like baby cowboy stuff. And I said, let's go on Amazon. And she said, that looks really ugly, but it's no, it's... no, 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 no. You buy it and then like, just make him wear it. 
Yeah, he's going to be the youngest league player on the server, I think. So I'm going to try to get back on too. You are a horrible uncle already. I hate to say that to you, but it's just Cowboys gear and league. You're setting this kid up for a life of bullying. That's what you're doing with those two moves right there. <laughs> nah, he's, he's going to be sick. Cavalry yeah. fan? <laughs> Let's go. Ref. Ref, ref. Adam's just taking this as a chance to have Adam too. He's just he's going to model yeah. him after himself. It's kind of sick. Yeah, it'll be like when they when the parents like the big you know the hockey parents that like scream at their kids and like you know force their kids into training. It's just gonna be Uncle Adam with league. Yeah, and his yeah. <laughs> you know, I played hockey once with a kid, and his parents like filmed all the shifts and like they had like the video camera out all the time for him. And then I remember once I was playing. And I just, I won't say the kid's name, but they like yelled it out. And I remember I was on the ice as it was happening and they were like, water, you got to have water. That was a big shift. Like take a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be out of the league table, dude. That's going to be sick. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Well, NFL, we're doing NFC West today. We've we've wrapped three of our uh, interviews, which is really good. Everybody was great. So thank you to Curtis, Gabe, and Chris Brown for joining us. I think there's a lot of highlights, but Chris Brown showing up in the Nick Bosa jersey was the biggest smile I've had on my face in a long time. So I want to give him a thank you for that. And we'll cut those in in a minute. First, I do want to talk about the NFL a little bit because this show is an NFL show. And in the offseason, it's hard to find stories. And this was the first week that I had an overflow of stories because training camp's back. It's back together weekend. It wrapped up. There's the uh, Hall of Fame game on Thursday night. So I wanted to celebrate this a little bit. And I do want to hand out some back together weekend awards. So I want there's a couple serious ones and then there's a couple fun ones. So I'm going to start by throwing to Owen to answer most impactful event of the week and you got joe burrow's calf injury jalen ramsey's meniscus tear which is going to keep him out till december or everything that's happened with jonathan taylor which one do you see as the uh, most impactful maybe jalen ramsey I, I think the joe burrow one i think it's overblown like i, I think he's probably pretty much fine i think he's a little um, icy for that like I, I think like he's he's too icy so he wouldn't even need to get into like an ice bath to rehab the calf yeah. injury or anything. I think it's just not a six week injury. It's like a two week injury. It's, it's the classic. We're going to, we're going to like overplay this injury so I can make a really cool Instagram collage of my comeback. And he's, he's on the quarterback show this season. So this is probably like part of the ploy. Like they yeah, want after saying he wasn't. Home. Yeah. He did a little fake out. But that's actually a good point, Adam. I think we're actually watching the first episode right now. Where yeah. he's like, he's like, oh my God, my season was almost over before it started. Oh no, I have a low calf sprain. Yeah. It's going to keep me out three days. Like I, I'm with Owen. I think this is uh, yeah. a little bit of a Joe Burrow media march on narrative, but uh, I'm interested yeah, it's that you be... went with Ramsey. Well, there's going to be a scene. I just want to, to cap the Joe Burrow. There's going to be a scene where, you know, Zach Taylor calls him in and is like, okay, we got the results of the MRI. <laughs> We're sitting, we're sitting you, we're going to have to sit you. And then he'll slam his fist on you. Like, no, like coach, I'm playing, like I'm not missing time. And then, yeah. you know, maybe there'll be some tears or something, but uh, it's, he's going to play it up for sure. I'm not looking forward to that, but, uh, but yeah, Jalen Ramsey, I mean, it's supposed to be like pretty impactful. So um, his injury seems like it's going to last a while and that's like a real injury. So 
you know, I'm pretty concerned about that. The, I would be if I was a Dolphins fan. The Dolphins signed a pretty good player to replace him with, so I think they're fine. Who? Eli Apple. They just picked up Eli Apple. Oh, so they're pairing him with X. <laughs> what, a, what a sicko thing to say. They're pairing him with X. <laughs> that, that is next level stuff. I got to say, Jonathan Taylor's... Um, it just makes me laugh that Jim Irsay's back in the headlines in such a big way because when I saw the tweet that was like Jim Irsay's VIP bus just pulled up to camp and Jonathan Taylor walked in it, it was like very few people would be like, I need a VIP bus, but he's one of them. And he had a great week. I mean, I'm sure we could get into that later a little bit, but Alex, my first one for you is um, you're not that guy pal of the week. Uh, there's a couple candidates here. First candidate's Travis Kelsey trying to get his number to Taylor Swift um, <laughs> and getting rejected. Second candidate is actually also Travis Kelsey for punching two of his own undrafted teammates in back-to-back days at camp, not learning anything from the first incident and just doing it again the second day. Um, the third candidate is Baker Mayfield for this quote. I've been off social media for almost two years now. I'm wired different. I don't need anybody to tell me what I can and can't do. We've also got Robert Sala for this quote, quote, I live by the saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. And then lastly, we got Jimmy Graham pulling a LeBron. I'm coming home back to the Saints. Uh, So your options there, Jimmy Graham, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Baker and Robert Sala. A lot of good options there, um, but there's some that I'm not really surprised. Like Baker, I feel like I've already heard that quote before, just because Baker's always saying crazy stuff. Same with Salah. Salah's just like going hard at the podium in July. It's like, all right, just take it easy. Um, Take it down a notch. I think you guys know I texted the group chat about this. Um, It's definitely Travis Kelsey handing out his number to Taylor Swift. Like, you're Travis Kelsey, you're a tight end. Um, Like, you're not Ronaldo. (laughs) <laughs> you're not you're not drake like just like and the thing is travis kelsey thinks he's like the best looking man in the nfl which i mean he's not like we'll just say, i could name like a bunch of people that are better looking than him um he thinks just because he's been on a dating show that he's some like next level uh the bachelor type guy so no, like I don't think Taylor Swift will go for you, buddy. Take it easy. Like stop handing the phone up. Like he thinks like when he handed Taylor Swift his phone number, he was like, oh my god, like I need to stop the tour. Like I need to get on a date with this guy. Like you're not him, bro. Um. So yeah, and then I'm still I I think about it like once a month that story where he makes the girl pay. Um. That was an insane story where he's like, I refuse to pay for like anything or whatever it was. Um, or I don't even know, 50, 50, even if it was 50, you should be paying everything, my guy. Um, so I'm just really not a Travis Kelsey fan. And him, you know, giving Taylor Swift his number is just such a massive L. Um, so he's that's definitely my you're not him of the week. And I mean, he had a really bad week, the punching the rookie stuff too. But um, I think Taylor Swift stuff was worse. I knew you'd like that one. So I had to, yeah. I had to throw you that one. Adam, um, best Patriots running back workout of the week. You have three options. Uh, Zeke, you also have Leonard Fournette, who they brought in on Tuesday, and then a sneaky Friday bring-in of Daryl Henderson. Which one really sticks out to you as best workout of the week? Well, I got to say Zeke, right? Like, I obviously, that's my boy. Um, yeah, I got to go with Zeke. I mean, the, the Patriots have, like, I think their running back room is fine, but 
and to be honest, like the only person that that might get signed is Lenny. Like he's the only one who I kind of believe has a chance. I I just hope he got some like pass blocking snaps in or something. Like show off his skills a little bit. We need a guy to teach Ramondre the ropes. So I thought my question was going to be best Cowboys training camp clip of the week because my feed is I've seen like three hundred plays from Cow. I think I've seen every snap from Cowboys training camp. See, I don't I don't want to get into that. We can save that for another day, table that for NFC East Day. Um, but yeah, I wasn't gonna ask you that one. I got one more for each of you. Let's go back to Owen for most insane comment of the week. Uh it starts with Dak, actually Adam's boy quote, I'm not gonna have 10 interceptions this year, which was a very uh that was a good comment, I'd say. Uh we have Bill Belichick with quote, Hunter Henry was the best in our offseason program. That's just not a comment you really want to hear coming out of a coach's mouth. You've also got John Harbaugh with, I'm really happy that we got Melvin Gordon. Um, <laughs> he was available. So I'm sure you are. And then anything uh, Sean Payton said can also qualify in this uh, category. Payton. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, yeah, I think Sean Payton's a clown for what he said. And, and I'm glad Alex didn't pick Robert Sala's comments uh, because I thought he was pretty classy. Like, you know, Sean Payton took a bunch of shots at the Jets, which, I mean, you know, were pretty unwarranted for a guy that hasn't been, you know, hasn't had a lot of success in a while, um, chirping a team that, you know, had quite a quite a good season, all things considered, last year. Um, and I, I appreciated Sala just, yeah, turning kind of just turning the other cheek because the reality is, you know, the the team we're not competing with the the Broncos like the Broncos aren't aren't in our sights here we're we're kind of focused on bigger fish in the in the conference and 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 the Broncos can and Sean Payton can talk all they want um about you know whether Robert so whatever Robert Sola they think about Robert Sola and then we're gonna I mean we're gonna win games and win playoff games so you they can they can say whatever they want I think Sean Payton is legitimately like losing his mind. I, I have no hope for the Broncos because him being like, we're staying out of the headlines and then doing that is ridiculous stuff. I just, it kind of blows my mind how, how inept that is. We'll see if it works out for them. Were you out on your boy Rogers giving back all that money too? That's a good question for you. I love it. Well, I think this is buy-in that we haven't seen from him in a long time. So Alex has got to be sick with his, he doesn't care anymore take because clearly he cares more than he maybe has in the last like five years. More than anything. Um, more than anything. Like he is, you know, he might even, he, he might even choose football over like ayahuasca at this point with the way he's shown how much he cares. So, uh, you know, MVP, whatever the odds are for him to win MVP, they're, they're not high enough. So take a look at those. I didn't love the video where they were like, look at him mentoring Zach Wilson. And it was just him like talking to him. It's like, that's actually just called like being a human, like saying yeah. something to a guy that's on your team. But hey, hard knocks will be interesting. Alex, a bit of a serious one for you. Right? No, I'll give you a phone. Best new look. You got Tua Tagovailoa with his full arm sleeve tattoo of the Samoan thing. Uh, the Falcons coach has a mustache now or the NFL sideline hat that I sent the group chat earlier this morning. The official sideline hat for the NFL season. That is just sick in in every single way. That hat is sick. Like it's sick. I think in a bad way. Yeah. Like whoever yeah. designed this, like, is like, oh my god. Um, where do I start? Like, this looks just. This is something that you know, if Roger Goodell came to me in grade two and was like, "Design a hat," this is what I would have came up with. 
you know, you go the half mode and you're like, okay, I'm going to divide this bad boy up. Um, and then, oh my God, this is so bad. And then you just divide it with the color and then you bam, plaster the one logo and then plaster the other NFL logo on one each side of the hat. Um, I mean, wow. Uh, it, it just looks absolutely awful. However, that being said, I can't wait to see this thing on the sideline. Like, I know Kirk Cousins is fired up to be wearing this. I'm just excited to see some of the boys uh, repping that on the sidelines. Um, yeah. Just because it looks so bad, it's going to make everyone look so silly. So I think it's actually going to be fun for the fans. I think it's so raw. I think it's so ugly that I like actually like want to buy one very badly. It's like, you know how the baseball hats are big now with like the World Series patch on the side? They're like, what if we did that, but we brought it to the front and it was the NFL and then we have a double logo on it. I think it's it's just... it's so lazy. Like it's so lazy. It's like when you go to lids or something, you go to like the discounted section where hats are like 10 bucks. Like this is what you would find. So, I mean, shout out if you're paying like $45 for this thing. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but, you know, I might have to wait for these bad boys to go on sale before I call. I yeah. want one of these on a big hat. Like, I want a noggin boss. Okay, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, we need to get a noggin boss this year. Yeah, I think we do. That might have to be a like a studio donation. Yeah, it can go up with the with the Benzema and with the foam finger. And then last one, Adam. This is what we love to do, the practice updates, the best practice update. We've got Trey Lance going one for four on his pass attempts with two, quote, gimmies missed. Uh, that's your first choice. Darren Waller, quote, wowing Giants teammates at practice, been, quote, unguardable. So Darren Waller's in for a big season. You've got Velas Jones, quote, looking way better than he did in his rookie season with the Bears. And then uh, Kevin Stefanski making the Browns players run four laps after fights in back-to-back days. Which one really sticks out to you there? I think my favorite was the Trey Lance missing two gimmies. Uh, there, I work with a Niners fan, and I kind of brought that up at the lunch table today, and he was he was pretty mad. And I, <laughs> I mean, it's just my favorite thing when people pull out the practice like stats because I just can't imagine being the guy who's sitting there like counting his completion like who's calculating his completion percentage during like the scrimmage period like just watch the practice dude you don't need to like take the stats down so those ones are always my favorite when it's like oh like this guy rushed four times for 16 yards and he looked great through the a gap like just enjoy (laughs) yeah that's true it's like no one's going 100 percent yeah (laughs) uh that's kind of a swish i do love training camp though it's just there's something that's so like funny about it. Like I saw a bunch of like old guys like remember to bring your water and your sunscreen. And I'm like, this is just the greatest. I just I love that football is so close to being back. It really puts a smile on my face. And you guys know in years past, I've been a bit of an August 1st Debbie Downer. But this year I'm just I'm really missing sports. Like I'm really uh, obviously NFL, you know, number one, just because that one I've been up without the longest, but. Even the other ones, I'm really like, well, I need some, uh, something to watch here. I got to go back to that, too, because I remember we had this conversation last year and uh, it was August 1st and like me and you were really sad. And Alex was like, honestly, now that I'm done school, like he's excited for the fall. And like, I'm yeah. way too. Like, <laughs> I kind of yeah. want to be over. Like, I'm excited for September. 
dude, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, I'm ready. Like, let's go. Let's get to September, man. Yeah. Because September is still a little bit of summer too. Like the first three weeks are pretty good. Oh yeah. All right. So we did the NFC West. We did the first three and the one we're without is the Rams. I'll can I in. just before, yeah. just before, can I get my 49ers over under in? Yeah, I'd love that. Go ahead. So what was it? 11 and a half? Or? 10 and a half. 10 and a half. Oh, 10 and a half. Um, let me give lots of thought into this uh, under. One under on the 49ers. Thank you very much. Eight quarterbacks, eight running backs. Nah, I'm good. So I'm just going to go under. <laughs> uh, what an explanation. I have some follow-ups, but I, I don't know that I should ask them. I think you're you put them sad. in a leap, yeah, they made a lead. That's your guys' call. I'd put him in good. <laughs> I love Alex. What do you expect from a Raiders fan, though? Like, those are our rivals. I know we're not division rivals, but <laughs> they got, are. They I mean, are. Oakland and San Francisco, like. Yes. I, I remember when I was on the train last year, the bunch of the Niners fans were yucking it up, and the Raiders lost today. It's like, it's a forever, forever link. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So. I like it. I like it. So we'll cut in those other ones. All right. We're back. NFC West. This time with Gabe. He's breaking down the the Seahawks, not the Niners. But we've known Gabe, I'd say, over 10 years. So it's a pleasure to reconnect. Alex, when I say Gabe, what's the first thing you think of? Just an absolute beast on the recess field, um, football field, uh, any field. Um, recess was always a blast with Gabe. Um, when we played contact football when we were not supposed to, shout out Bishop Pinkham. Um, Gabe was just an animal and you always wanted him on your team. Um, so that's probably the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Gabe. You want to get in there too, Adam? Yeah, I was going to bring up like uh, the backyard sleepovers, but I mean, lunchtime football is definitely something you can't forget Gabe in because... I remember some days it's like, hey, can we just like play two touch? And Gabe is not having any two touch. No. He he is happy to get hurt and he wants everyone else. <laughs> and he is hundred percent. So that's something you can respect the guy for. You definitely can. And he was a football pro. And I don't want to keep him waiting any longer. Owen, I don't think has any you might have some fantasy stories about Gabe, Owen. That's true. Maybe you want to get in there for that. Well, me and Gabe, um, we've had our run-ins fantasy wise um the one i always remember is i was i kind of I, I don't know really how this happened i kind of went on a cinderella run with maybe a team that probably wasn't really suited for for the championship um and, and during my run i uh had a matchup where i don't remember this was like week would have been mid midway through the season um and my team just stunk it up like nobody i think caught a touchdown that week uh, and i think i put up you know, typically you're putting up 90 to 100, maybe 110, 120 points on a, on a good week, right? Uh, I think I put up 56 points. And then, um, you know, I was like, I'm for sure going to lose. Uh, and then Gabe put up 55.5. So he, he just came in right <laughs> under, right under. So it was, uh, you know, I appreciate, appreciated the uh, his team kind of coming through for me because, like I said, that was a big win for us to keep the team on track. So <laughs> we've had our battles for sure. Good. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. And Gabe, get in there, dude. When you see this group, maybe what comes to mind would be a good one. Just give the people a little nugget. Well, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. You know, long-time listener, even longer fan, volume four, you know. We go way back 
the three of us, Phil, Adam, and Alex, back to BP. And it's just, those are the good old days I always think about. It's just, I, the, the, my biggest memory is always when we were, would play football in the teacher's parking lot and Ryan Nealon broke the janitor's car windshield because he just punted the ball straight into the air. Yeah. That's uh, kind of the one I always go to. <laughs> were you, did you get in trouble for that, dude? <laughs> or... No, I don't think I know, so. I, I think me and Ryan got called into the office. It was like, and it was heat. <laughs> but the story is like that was at lunch, and we were out punting the football. It was like raining too. It was so stupid. We were punting the football in the in the parking <laughs> lot. Punt contest. Next period was gym right after lunch, and we're playing dodgeball. And I just see the the vice the vice principal come in and pull Ryan out of the dodgeball, and I'm like, heat. Like that's <laughs> not good. Ryan takes his penny off. Like goes. <laughs> goes into the uh, principal's office 10 minutes later vice principal comes pulls me out i'm like damn like this can't be because i come to the office i walk into the office ryan's eyes bro full of tears i'm like yeah we're done like we're done like we're cooked so yeah that was definitely a good time i also wanted to add um gabe is like an og seahawks fan like grade seven he was rocking a seahawks jersey so this isn't some like new seahawks like he's been a seahawks fan for a decade plus so um just just want to commemorate that yeah yeah that's... i think it all started like 2014 my dad got me a marshawn lynch jersey for christmas and then that year they won the super bowl and it was just like all right i guess i'm a seahawks fan now and it's just been best team in the nfl ever since i bet right around the same time my dad actually got me a seahawks jersey as well and I remember because I like it, it was when they had the new ones that just came mm. out and they were like a big deal. Like if you had that, you were hot on the block. And I remember I pulled it up and it was like number 17, like Johnson or something. And I was like, huh, I wonder who this guy is. And he was like, oh, it was like cheaper than all the rest of them. Like, I don't know why it was so cheap. And the guy was in jail. Like we, uh, he just got me like a quick convict jersey. So it actually never, never made it onto the streets. But um I I don't know why that one popped in, but Seahawks at Christmas were definitely popular that year. I think the, the good thing about the Seahawks now is you like this is like the best case scenario as a fan. You have like an enemy that fails that nobody sees failing, and then you get tied into like an underdog team that does pretty well. I bet you feel more connected to the Seahawks than ever based off the season they had. Oh my god. The season was a success after week one. That, that was the only game that mattered all season long. And you know what? To see them fumble it on the one-yard line twice running the football, it made up for the Super Bowl, and that entire week just made the season. And then they just go on this insane run when everyone was expecting them to go, what is it now? It's 18 weeks. So four in, I can't do that math. So they win like four games, right? And then they had they made the playoffs, and it's like, is just success. And then I love this draft class as well. Like, I'm just, I've been riding high ever since. And then they dropped those throwback jerseys. Oh, I, oh, I ordered cool. three of them. I, I got a Metcalf one, a Smith one, and a Jackson Smith and Jigbo one. Wow. wow. Let's go, game. They're so nice. They're so nice. We're all three, the, all three were the throwbacks, like the same kind of colorway. Oh, yeah, of course. They're oh, all wow. the throwbacks. Like, That's all, I love that. You have, I had to call them. They're so nice. It's an exciting time to be you. I mean, the, those jerseys are nice. They got a couple big additions this offseason. I know 
you know, you did lose in the wild card round last year, but like you said, just getting to the playoffs was such a such an unexpected turn within of itself that just getting there was a win. I like your draft. I like Witherspoon. I like Smith and Jigba. I did see Owen's guy. He's a Tariq Woolen guy. I did see he was eating rice with sugar. I know you're a bit of a nutrition guy. I just, what's your take on rice with just heaps of sugar on top of it? You know, sometimes like plain rice gets a little boring after one after every once in a while. Like, so you need to spice it up. You know, soy sauce only goes so far. Sweet rice can put that on stuff. It's a little bit of a delicious treat from time to time. You know, I respect it. Treat wounds nice with it. That's why he's so good with it. It's all because of the rice. Everyone knows that. I actually don't hate that. At my house, we sometimes get a rice pudding. uh, And I I just eat that, you know, by the cup, like all the time. It's delicious. So good. Carbs and some glucose. Let's go. Just efficient. (laughs) I think the one thing that took me off guard with my Seahawks research was I sort of in my head was like Geno Smith comeback player of the year. Like he's a good quarterback now. And I started doing this research and a lot of it was like, well, he started pretty good, but then in the last nine weeks, he kind of like fell off the face of the earth again. He was three and six in his last nine, all his numbers were worse than 29 2021 Russell Wilson except for completion percentage which just doesn't like sound right with my brain but apparently it's true and I think you signed him to a pretty friendly contract but are you worried at all that he might be a bit of a pumpkin like he might go back into a bit of a Jets mode because it does seem like it was a little bit of a a magic Mickey Mouse run I would say the thought definitely crosses my mind from time to time. And like last year, the two games I saw it were against the Falcons in week three when he threw that pick right at the end. And then in the Germany game against the Bucks as well, right? When they were marching there. And it's just like those just lost us the game. And but you know what? Again, just after last year, he's earned it. Like I I don't care if this season isn't great. It'd be awesome if it was, but like He's earned it. Like, and I think everyone in Seattle is just behind him. And I think it's different. Like, I feel like in New York, right, people were like, oh, he's not playing great and he didn't get the support from the fan base. I think Pete Carroll's a great head coach, right? And he's like working with Geno Smith, right? He understands he's an older quarterback and he like knows the game. So, right, like, so it's like veteran ball. And like, I think it's a good dynamic they have like the thought definitely crosses my mind but also our run game isn't terrible i love kenneth walker like he's unreal i'm a little nervous he hasn't participated in camp yet but it stresses me out but at the end of the day dk metcalf can beat anyone in a one-on-one ball if it's a jump ball like he's just a massive guy right so you know chuck it to dk he'll catch it yeah, you got a really good receiver room too. I know, you know, we remembered Smith and Jigba from his big game in the bowl game. What was that 18 months ago or so now? But uh, you put him with Metcalf and you put him with Lockett, who are still pretty serviceable. I think that would make a top five or 10 receiving room. No, Owen? One thing I want to ask you, Gabe, is um, in the draft, they had a pretty, you know, pretty good draft position because of that, the Russell Wilson trade. Um, and so they had the fifth pick and took Devin Witherspoon. Would you have rather seen them take like a QB there, you know, at that position and then maybe, you know, have a chance to, to, you know, have him play behind, you know, Smith for a few years and learn the position. Or are you happy with, with them, you know, taking 
a position player or a different position player and just letting letting Gino ride it out. Leading up to the draft, I was definitely like thinking we were going to take a quarterback and kind of like get him to learn behind Gino. That was definitely my thought process. I I think if Anthony Richardson was at five, if the Colts didn't take him, I would have could have seen Seattle taking him for sure. At the end of the day, Seattle's always drafted well. Like, they know what they're doing. Like, they've always drafted good players who have shown they can produce. And so there'll be opportunities to take a quarterback. And you're not a Jeans guy, just so you can get you on the record. You're not a Will Levis guy. I think Will Levis is a cool quarterback. Like, I would have <laughs> – cool. I don't know. He seems like a sick guy. I'm not a – I don't trust Kentucky football. Kentucky's a basketball okay. Yeah, That's, That's true. a good way to put it. I like that. And we know Alex, I mean, Will Levis comes up. I just have to throw it to Alex real quick just to get a comment. Well, I, I mean, I can throw it right back at all of you guys because, I mean, we're a huge Gia Duddy podcast. Um, <laughs> shout out. I think she has follows from most of us here on the pod right now. Um, and good for her, actually. Will will mention that um, she's actually getting sponsorship deals now just because yeah. I think her and um, and Will's sister just, like, blew up on draft night. And just became super popular overnight. And I think she had she has a few partnerships now and she's making some solid income just from that. Um, and then I just I personally like to just send the boys, you know, every couple of months a, a post that you know she posts. So um just just to remind to remind yeah. everyone, you know. A post just kind of popped up on my on my TikTok and, and it was her at the BK drive through. She was she was trying out some new burger there. So she's got a, a, a Burger King sponsorship, which is pretty big. Let's yeah. go Gia Duddy minute. I like how Alex used that opportunity to talk about her advancements as a person. That was yeah. an angle I did not see coming when we did that, but I respect it. Um, you also brought back Bobby Wagner, who if I know you've probably heard on this show before, every time he comes up, we talk about his Madden rating because we don't really, you know, we're not tape grinders, but you as a linebacker from what I remember you might be most hyped up to see them bring back a guy, even if it is a little sentimental, a guy from your childhood team come back to a team that looks pretty good all of a sudden. I mean, I am so happy to see him back, right? Like it sucked to see him go to a division rival. And, you know, I, that broke my heart, but I love Bobby Wagner. Like that's, I emulated my entire game after him. Like that's the smart middle linebacker who's just a dog in the box right he's older now so it's like it's more that leadership on the defense like our front seven on the defense while still good wasn't ideal right like that was definitely one of our weaker points of our team last year and I think just having him there right knowing the division and just like understanding the position of what it means to be the Seahawks middle linebacker he can teach the up-and-comers right and like just have that veteran presence again in the linebacking core is awesome. Like you saw it because they brought back Bruce Irving as well. And it's like, yeah, he was on wow, the Super the Bowl win. I know he was on the Super Bowl <laughs> winning team. Right. But it's like, he does, he didn't have the same kind of like punches uh, Bobby Wagner has. And like that same, just kind of having him there just adds confidence to the defense, especially in the front seven where we were, where we were weak. Yeah. Bruce Irving's an absolute dog. Cause I'll never forget when they lost <laughs> <laughs> when that interception happened, the Malcolm Butler interception, <laughs> and he just started fighting like every Patriots guy he could. <laughs> oh, well, I'll never forget just that. Punching him. I had like a Bruce Irving 99 overall outside linebacker in like Madden 2014 or something. Wow. And it was just an 
unreal card in mud. <laughs> unreal in mud. In mud. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that finished with a Madden top. That was good. I liked that. You got a good young defense too. Like we obviously mentioned the corners, but uh, it helps to have some leadership there. And I was reading that because you drafted a running back in the second round to go with Kenneth Walker. I know we got hurt today or yesterday that Carbonet from UCLA but the guy you took in the seventh round was apparently just as good too and I know you like you know Pete Carroll likes to run the football quite a bit and I think Pete Carroll's getting up there I think my question would be does it worry you at all that you've seen I mean we've kind of seen seasons in the past where the Seahawks have a really good season and they kind of come back down to earth like it seems to me I don't know if I'm misremembering things but that's like a fairly common occurrence with him. Are you worried that that might be the case this year when, you know, you're looking at a pretty talented roster and a limited, I don't know if you could say window with this quarterback, but you know, you don't really have a plan there. So if are you worried all that they could dip backwards because of him? It's definitely a worry, but I think we got playmakers and playmakers will make plays. Right. And like Gino just needs to get the ball into the hands of our playmakers. That's all it comes down to, right? We're not expecting Gino to go out there and compete with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, right? Like, we're not expecting him to have a 350-yard, four-touchdown game. We don't need that from him. Our offense has never been like that, even Russell Wilson, right? Like, he was never like that. It's like, it's about consistency, knowing when to run, knowing when to pass, and just taking the easy yards. And that's where, like, someone like Tyler Lockett comes into play, right? Guy expert at falling down, but he knows where the first down is. And it's like third and five. Tyler Lockett will get the first down on a slant for sure. He will. Russ does love identifying run and pass. He definitely learned that. So, yes, what you said is true. He's a big fan of that on the sidelines love, in particular. Love a good yeah. run and pass. Love a good run and pass call. I, the amount of times I had to do that and run sprints for not doing it was <laughs> outlandish. Uh, swish. Adam, you've you've been quiet, dude. So get in there before we do the over under. If you have a question, my question kind of stems from you saying that like you were happy last year after Week One. That's kind of all that mattered. So I I guess my question for you is, what's your perspective heading into this season, and how would you define success as a team? Like, what would you be happy with this year? I think consistency is the biggest thing, right? Like in our division. It's going to be tough to win with the Niners in there. Like, and I'll, I'll admit that the Niners are a great team, right? And so it'll be tough to win the division, but I'd love to see consistency. Like, if we're playing in the wild card again, that's awesome. I'd be super happy about that. And if we can win a wild card game, like, that's unreal. I'm not like, I'm very realistic that Gino isn't going to lead us to a Super Bowl. At least I don't think so. You know, I might be looking back here in February just shaking my head it's like gotta support my guy but i think i'm a realistic fan like i'd love to make the playoffs again and i think that's definitely a possibility like the cardinals this guy you're having on i don't know how he's cheering for that team they're gonna win one game if that <laughs> <laughs> like so that's that's two wins right there the rams are also in disarray that's four wins right there yeah. split one with the niners that's five so you only need what four more wins playoffs yeah it's not, it's a good division to be in. And for a long time, it was like one of the hardest divisions because Arizona was good for a while. The Rams sort of came up at the same time the Niners did. Like you, you kind of caught, caught a break now being good in this uh, bit of a subpar division. The over under is eight and a half. Most people do like the over. 
Um, they're about 33 to one to win the Super Bowl, which is about midway, uh, two to one to win the NFC West, more or less. Let's start with Alex on eight and a half. What do you like there? Uh, I'm going to take the over. Um, Gabe and you guys get kind of scared me with the Geno Smith um, downtrend towards the like last half of the year. I, I didn't really pay attention or, or even know that uh, he was that poor. Um, but I just like a team building off the confidence that they, you know, had like it was a successful year. Like Gabe said, I, I like the two draft picks. Um, and then I just like another year of Gino um, under under Pete Carroll. I think they can kind of emulate, in a sense, almost the 49ers, kind of what they do. Like the 49ers for a few years have had pretty bad quarterbacks where they can kind of hide them, not ask them to do too, too much. Like Gabe said, like Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrows, um, they have a really strong wide receiver core, run the ball a hell of a lot and just, you know, play good defense. I look through their schedule and I think, you know, them winning nine games honestly wouldn't is is pretty doable um and you know they could obviously win more than that um just from the schedule that i saw so um i i like i like uh actually love uh seahawks eight and a half over eight and a half this is a tough one because i i think they'll like i probably say this every time but they'll be right around that um <laughs> good line <laughs> yeah it's a good line uh but you know what i'm gonna take the over just because i i am a a gino guy uh, I'm a Tariq Woolen guy. I like the the pieces they've kind of been able to collect in the past few years. I like Cross from last year. I think they're kind of retooling their line, and and there's some young guys there that I think are going to get better. Um, and they and then again, you know, they have the the weapons that they've always had. Lock gets good. Me Metcalf is obviously productive. So, um, yeah, I think they can they can win some games that maybe people might not expect them to win. And then, like Gabe was saying, there's some gimmies in this division. So. Uh, yeah, I like them to win like nine games, so I'll take the over. I I feel like Adam and I might be aligned. I do. I feel like eight and a half is a low line because they play in an easy division, and I think they have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. That's not saying much, but you know it's pretty hard to go under five hundred at home when you have that type of advantage. I I, I just I I don't like the vibes. I I feel like there's so many overs that I I have to take it under here, but I could easily be convinced because eight and a half is a low number. But I just Gino scares me a little bit. Pete Carroll scares me a little bit. Gabe, I, I, we we everybody takes the over on their team. I don't imagine you'll be any different, but maybe you could talk me out of this under. Oh, you have to take the over. That's crazy. You're taking the under. Like that's just disrespectful. Come on, it is. It is. I'd that's never, a problem. I would never take the under on the Steelers. I'd always take the over. Gotta gas the boys up. And like something else we also never even touched on is like Jamal Ad- Jamal Adams is also coming back too, right? Mm-hmm. Like so that's another piece to our defense. And like I know he's not great in coverage, but throw him in at nickel, right? Like get the ball out fast, like because he's great off the line and blitzing. So it's just another part of it. There's all these pieces. I do think Gino is will always be the biggest question mark. And that's just because of his history, right? But your history is your past. Your future is the story that still needs to be written. Wow. I love wow. that. Wow. Those are powerful words. Over. I changed my mind over. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I'll be the one guy to take the under. Um, it. I was hoping to hear nine and a half come out of Phil's mouth, and I heard eight and a half, so that's always tough. But, I mean, they, they play in an easy division, but I think it's very possible that, you know, they – lose some games that we expect them to win like maybe away at the rams or something like that 
and their extras aren't that easy. Like they're playing the AFC North, which is a hard division. They're playing the NFC East, which is a hard division in my opinion. So there's and, one hard game in the NFC East, and they had a very <laughs> nice they had a very nice run last year, and they only finished with nine wins. So I don't think it's unrealistic to expect them to be one win worse than they were last year. So I'm uh, I'll take the under here. I was close there, but. The one sentence really pushed me over the edge. Gabe, if you have any closing thoughts you want to get out on the Hawks, go ahead. Anything we haven't mentioned? Otherwise, I mean, I'm sure you'll be back to break them down in the future. So no sweat if you can't get it out now. Uh, Yeah, the only thing is they wear those throwbacks week eight against Cleveland at home. Just hammer the Hawks that week. Like that's the easiest win of all time. Those You can't lose in those jerseys. That's the spirit. You know the helmets, elite, good, frisky unserious poverty where would you nominate to put them i think they can start at the top end of good what? at the start of the season and i think they'll be in a lead by the end of it <laughs> of course they will <laughs> this guy my, can't believe it he's burying his face <laughs> in his pillow <laughs> my vote would be for frisky personally but this guy's in the top end of good <laughs> they're good they're gonna be good yeah, I vote Frisky personally. Yeah, I'd probably go to Frisky. I can go top end Frisky as a compromise. Yeah, top end Frisky. Yeah. yeah. I'll go bottom end good. You guys That's my guy. Yeah. That's my guy. I see them winning 10 games. I do. Still three over two. So they'll start top end Frisky. But as always, the note is on the record that there was there was some standing for top end good. So we'll make sure to take a note of that. But as I said, Good to connect. We'll be back uh, soon with you, I'm sure. So thank you. Yeah, for sure, boys. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be on the podcast. We're back, NFC West, and uh, it's a pleasure to be joined by Chris Brown, who I like that we have kept the ambiguity about is he the real Chris Brown or the fake one? This has been something that we've been doing for like 10 years, the entire time I've known him. So Chris Brown, what's up? How are you? Good. I'm glad to be on. First, first podcast appearance for me. So we'll see how it see how it goes. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I love the I love the jersey. I, you know, I give bonus yeah. points for people that you know. It's not just what they bring in. You know, with the brain, like what, what they want to say. <laughs> they they show up ready for the job. So oh, yeah. I appreciate I had, I had that. To bring out the Nick Nick Bosa's between that and uh, since we're talking about CUS, Thurl Thomas, it's one or the other. But I had to stay with okay. Stay with, stay with a couple Bosa. interesting guys. Yeah, I would say on, I mean, maybe one a little bit right, one a little bit left, not to go political (laughs) mode, but just uh, based on what I know about him, I think now's a good chance for you. I mean, you can either confirm or deny if you're, if you want to politically align with Nick Bosa right off the start, that might be a good first question. Yeah, I wouldn't say I align. No, I won't won't go that (laughs) far, but I don't know. He's a good, he's a good football player. I think he's, uh, he's fun to watch out there. Good Beautiful good. looking man too. As a good looking guy, that, yeah. that whole 49ers team is too bad we don't have uh, Jimmy G anymore. It's like the trifecta out there with uh, CMC Bosa and uh, Jimmy G. Can I ask you another question, Niners related, before we get into the real stuff? What do you think of uh, Colin Kaepernick's comeback? I think that's just a buzzword that the, uh, the reporters and the Twitter personalities love to use. I, I don't know. I, I thought he was sick when he was good. And then he just kind of fell off, got too political. Like, not that that's a problem, but just kind of sucked that it uh, coincided with him just being awful at football. Do you think him and Nick Bosa hang out ever? 
No, I'm sure. I'm sure Nick Bosa's got some opinions on uh, on that whole situation with the kneeling. <laughs> yeah. This is this is as hard as we press somebody in the first minute. We just I oh. hit him with I hit him with two political oh. ones, and then Owen hit a follow up. That was sick. <laughs> I have a question too, because we kind of have to ask with tones a similar question. And I know, um, like I've known you for a while, and you were a Seahawks guy, and you suddenly became a 49ers guy who happened to be, you know, kind, you know. They're not exactly friends, so I'm just curious what your like history yeah, well, as a Niners fan is. I was telling Phil that I uh, kind of grew up visiting my aunt down in Seattle and spend a couple weeks out there each each summer. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm a Seahawks fan. And then kind of when I started really actually watching football was uh, Kaepernick kind of starting when he. I just thought he was so sick. So I've been more of a Niners fan since then. But I don't mind the Seahawks. Cool stadium, just- cool city. Nice. what's what's your personal football background as an athlete uh just just high school pretty much so just he was like the derrick henry of western canada high school right? <laughs> yeah what's adam's player called you you're a linebacker right yeah i was that was pretty good michael parsons i don't remember anything <laughs> right. bad to say <laughs> adam oh, ever man. blow any coverages or <laughs> ah, a couple that was a pretty yeah, bad year. Record. I think our uh, one in, or one and eight record uh, kind of. Yeah, we weren't a great team. I was yeah. really hoping Chris was going to co- compare you to like Nick Vigil or somebody like a practice squad guy. That would have really <laughs> made my day. That would have been sick. But <laughs> I do like that in the NFL, you don't have to. And I said this to Chris earlier. You don't have to hate any team except Dallas. You just have to because you have yeah. fantasy. You, you can cheer for any team except the Cowboys, which is good. And maybe the Jets, depending on where you're at with Aaron Rodgers these days. But anyway, Niners, let's hit it quick. Um, you know, kind of a weird one because I don't have that many questions. Like, they're always good. The, the coach always brings out a pretty good roster. And no matter who the quarterback is, they usually have decent success. I guess I saw Kittle talking the other day about how he thinks – or he acknowledged that the window is probably closing for the Niners. And I just, I kind of disagreed with that immediately. I thought as long as they have Shanahan and Lynch, who I feel like have put together a pretty good product for seven straight years, mm-hmm. I don't see a window closing really. I just kind of disagreed with where he came from. I get their core players and everything are getting older, but do you sort of align with him on that, that this is maybe the one of the last chances for a pretty aging core? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, really, like they're still pretty young, I'd say, you know, I've got most of the guys are just a couple of years off of their uh, starting off their uh, first contracts, right? I don't know. I think the quarterback problem is kind of where it's at. So we'll see if Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold or Trey Lance is the guy. But, you know, those are all pretty cheap guys for at least a few more years. I don't see Trey Lance getting a big deal. I guess he's got two more years before his contract. So I think we've got some time and they've, you know, I liked the Javon Hargrave pickup. I think that was a pretty good one for the, for the D line. I think that just makes them that much more dangerous. I'd just say probably staying healthy is their biggest issue, right? It doesn't really matter who's at quarterback. You know, I'd curious to see Sam Darnold in there. I'm a Brock Purdy guy. Trey Lance put something together, but yeah, I'm, I'm there. I I think we've got a few more years. I, I wouldn't say that this is our, our final year to be in contention. I got to say, I, I can't really blame Niners fans for being this way, but you guys are just so cocky that it kind of makes me angry. Because you're like the fact that you can just say, as long as we have a quarterback, I think we can win the Super Bowl is just unbelievable to me. Like, no other team is saying this. Yeah. 
we've seen it work. Like I think they, I, I felt that they had that game against, uh, or at least it would have been close against Philly in the NFC championship until we had to go until our fourth string quarterback got hurt after Brock, like not much you can do there, but you know, I think they just have so many weapons that it's impossible to game plan for them. And that defense is, I think as strong as ever. I want to say too, to the point, I mean, Phil, you brought up John Lynch. I think one thing they do do well, um, is they're good at finding young guys. Like Kafunga, I was just looking at, he's like 23. And he, I mean, he's going to be a player that's going to be really good for them for a long time. So I, I don't really see a drop-off with this team. I mean, their their core is, you know, quite young still as it is, but I don't really see a drop-off as long as they have the infrastructure they have. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a secondary Niners guy. I kind oh, of became man. that last year, so... I, I used to hate him, and now I kind of like him a little bit. I, I'm a big Brock guy. You've probably covered like 30% of the league, I'd say, over the past like three years. Yeah, Browns, Bucks. He's he's definitely picked oh, up some true. second favorites. Yeah, it's this true. is kind of your reputation. Your reputation. You're like a team of the minute type of guy. Yeah, Chris, did you see that video of um, Trey Lance? Did you see that? Where he kind of <laughs> he he threw a ball that didn't really look like it was on target to me. Oh yeah, I did. I did see that. Yeah, no, I I was yeah. never a Trey Lance guy. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I wasn't sure about that. Uh, that trade to get that pick, like especially when you see what that's turned into. I think it's like Hill. Who else? They they got a bunch of guys through that. And if you look at it long term, I wasn't a big fan of that. You know, we didn't have a our pick until the second third round this year or end of the second. I think it was eighty seven was our first pick. Yeah. So I I was I was never a big I wasn't a huge Trey Lance guy. I was actually a Jimmy G guy. He's, Let's go. He's, he's been he, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hyped up on him since he uh, moved from the Pats. So, yeah, I was never really a Trey Lance guy. Yeah. I, well, you might I have... unfortunately was. And I, that, that was a mistake that I made and I have to own. I think there's still some part of me sick and twisted deep down that thinks just get him in there and maybe let's see what happens like maybe on the on the texans or the durs or something like some low expectations but i'm i'm ready to sell all my shares i think the uh the he only got four throws in practice was enough for me to say all right it's (laughs) it's time to part yeah i think it it probably goes brock purdy sam darnold trey lance at this point i'm thinking assuming assuming brock is uh good to start the season how good do you think brock can be that would be my question. Is he like a one-hit wonder guy? You think in five years we'll look back at it like that, or do you think this is the real deal? It's tough to say. I think on that Shanahan offense, you put almost anyone in at quarterback, and you know they just if they know their reads and know where guys are going, you're going to have a pretty good offense. Um, but he looked like he could manage the game pretty well, and he didn't crack under pressure. You know, he came in and finished the season undefeated as a starter before the NFC, and that was just I think bad luck. So. I'm tough to say that he's a, I wouldn't say he's a one hit wonder, but I'm not sure if he's going to be, uh, if he's going to be one of those top five guys in the league in a few years. Can I tell you guys the teams that he went undefeated against just in case we forgot? I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he beat the Cardinals and then the Saints with no quarterback and then the Dolphins with no quarterback. And then he beat the Bucks, who were terrible. And then the Seahawks was a good win. And then he beat the Durs. And the Raiders, and then the Commanders again, and then the Seahawks again. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> None of those teams were good except for the Seahawks. That's pretty good. That's pretty Hello. good. I don't know what you're. I mean, you can say no quarterback, no quarterback. Those are good football teams. Half of those are like good football teams. 
Like who? Like the the Dolphins, the Saints, the Bucks. I mean, we're a playoff team. The Commanders were if the butt risky at times. You can't say the Commanders. You lost me there. <laughs> but the Bucks, they were good, and the Dolphins. With what's that guy's name? Sky. They, they weren't tight wins. It's not like it was the quarterback of the other team that held them back. Those are good defense. Great point. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I, thank you. I, this Adam, you can't try to disparage a twelve-game winning streak in his first like appearances ever in the NFL. I don't think he did, but. I respect the take. I like I like that you're going out on a limb. I think I do think that Kyle Shanahan, I'm a Shanahan guy. I've actually he and I have had an on again, off again relationship, as people yeah. might know if they listen in. I've sworn him off. I actually I was cleaning up the studio the other day and I found a piece of paper that said, Do not bet list Shanahan. And that was the only thing on the piece of paper. So <laughs> I, I we have had a bit of a hot and cold, but my thing with him is he usually he he kind of it's the verbal meme where the guy's looking at the other girl and then the girl beside him is like looking at him. He's always into the new quarterback. When they signed Sam Darnold, he was like, maybe Sam Darnold's like my new number one quarterback. He always likes the flashy new toy. So I do wonder if we'll see some Sam Darnold this year, which considering the previous times I've seen Sam Darnold, I don't really need to see him again. But with this team and this offense, you'd think you could plug anybody in there. I, I guess I was going to say one more verbal meme for him too is would be like the one where they're in the pool, the mom's playing with the kid and it'll be like the mom, it'll be like Eli Mitchell or sorry, Kirsten McCaffrey. And then Eli Mitchell is drowning. And then the bottom of the pool is Trey Sermon, the skeleton. Yes. And that's a good question because if Alex were here, our fourth chair, he would definitely want to ask a Niners fan about, does it upset them that they take guys in like the third round and then just cut them? Like they don't use them like Trey Sermon. Um, does that upset you? No, I wouldn't say so. I think I I think that they've built this team like pretty much half off of just making good moves and in, in season as opposed to I guess I mean they did draft I think they hus um, and then, yeah, yeah and then I mean they like they drafted Debo Ayuk Juan Jennings Kittle so. Like, I'd say they get pretty good value out of the picks that they do have. I wouldn't say that them cutting guys upsets me at all. Do you think do you think Shanahan likes his players as people? Like I, I used to, you know, we used to we, one of our big issues was the whole Debo thing, right? Because Debo was basically used as a running back. Um and and he was just, you know, being used in all these different ways and he was turning his knees. And then Shanahan seemed like just wanted his knees to be pulled pork rather than, you know, play him as a wide receiver. So we, we kind of had this theory that he just kind of doesn't really care about his players. He just, you know, kind of heartless guy. I've heard he's a, a bit of a player's coach from what I've heard. Okay. I think, you know, I think it, it was in season when Debo was doing all those running back reps and he was loving it. He was talking to the reporters. Oh, I'm a, like a wide half or, or half, whatever, whatever he was calling. And he was hyped out, hyped up about it. And then he goes into the off season and wants to get paid. And I think that that's just the tactics they use. And, yeah. You, know, you can't put running back next to somebody trying to get paid these days. It's yeah. like an, yeah, <laughs> an instant, no dice. And I think, you know, usually we like to go a little bit into the team and talk about some things that are going on, but the diners, uh, I think this is the right way to do it because they're over under 10 and a half. They've made the NFC Championship game the last two years. You can make a pretty good case. They got decently unlucky in both of those games with the injuries and then the dropped interception. I'm looking at this division in Los Angeles and Arizona. doesn't look fantastic. So it would be pretty safe assumption to say San Francisco will be first or second in this division again, no matter who's under center. And 
I think they're, you know, they did lose some guys in the offseason. They lost D'Amico Ryans, obviously, to go to Houston, and they replaced him with uh, Steve Wilkes, who did a really good job with the Cardinals. So I have no problem penciling this team in again, right around 10 at the minimum. And I, I'm just going to take the over because I don't love this division and I trust their infrastructure. So where are you at on 10 and a half, Chris? I'm, I'm, I'm way over 10 and a half. I think I'm a little, I'm biased. I have us at 15 and two, 10 the season. Right now I'm feeling good. Did you do like the schedule? WWWLW. Is that how you came up with your 15 and two? Ah, uh, that is, yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember the two L's? Yeah, I've got them losing uh, at Philly and then uh, at Seattle. Raw, <laughs> the tough places to play, and you're a, like yeah. a loose Seattle guy, so you got to hope for a split in the series. I like that. Yeah. That's respect. So I, I I had them. Uh, I think I have Seattle beating. I think winning the division, other than one game against San Francisco, and then got San Francisco sweeping the division except for that one against seattle so it's a pretty easy division to be in right now i think if you're those top two teams i just don't know their schedule are there any that you would say are optimistic Um, (laughs) yeah i don't know i'm i think just we go to Dallas every time we go play dallas they're they're coming to us this year i think that's an easy win that one might be chalked up it's kind of sketchy um i don't really trust minnesota as actually being a good team i've been on that wagon since Last what about year, Bengals? Cincinnati, Cincinnati would be optimistic. I think um, that one is, you know, that I think can go either way. That might be the hardest game. Ravens on our schedule, other than the Philadelphia game, not too hot on the Ravens either. Yeah, wow. and it's not it's not a very hard schedule. I think it's fifth easiest. They mm-hmm. they went six and zero against the division last year. They won their last twelve regular season games, so that's not that surprising. But uh, I think the only thing that I saw with their schedule was they had a pretty unlucky rest edge like they played four teams that were coming off a bye um okay. so but when you have a coach advantage like they do in most games that shouldn't really be much of a be much of a uh, factor i don't think but oh and you got anything on 10 and a half i love this team i've loved this team since about midway through last season uh, i trust the infrastructure i trust the coach um and Generally speaking, I think they're in a better position quarterback-wise, assuming Trey Lance doesn't touch the field, than they were last year. So I like Brock Purdy. I think Sam Darnold is probably similar to him in quality, especially under Shanahan. So I, I like everything about this team. I think 15-2 and two is, is great. I'm totally on board with that. I want to point out that uh, I remember uh, halfway through last season, I was begging you guys to put this team in the lead, and I was getting a lot of hate specifically from Owen until he turned the tables um but yeah i'm i'm also gonna take the over i think uh i actually kind of like some of the or one of the teams that you guys don't like in this division but um regardless i think the niners should i think 10 and a half is a little soft so i think they should be getting over that pretty easy yeah and i did see some places had it 11 and a half but it was just getting spammed on the under so i thought we'd just keep it at 10 and a half even though it's a pretty Nine to one to win the Super Bowl. I guess my last question for you, Chris, would be on the Niners. If they don't win, are are you how bummed out are you going to be if they don't get it done this year? Because you're you've got a lot of heartbreak in the past. Lost in the yeah. Super Bowl, lost in Los Angeles. The game in the NFC Championship game was kind of over in the first quarter. But I mean, another big loss in a big game would be pretty difficult to deal with. I'm sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll have my hopes up until we see how these how this quarterback situation works out. If Brock Purdy can keep it up, or maybe Sam Darnold comes in and starts to cook, I don't know. So I I won't have my hopes up until probably a few weeks in to see how things are going. But after that, if we're going in at my fifteen and two, or even with thirteen wins into the playoffs, I'll be pretty disappointed if we don't at least get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh. you gotta you gotta get another NFC banner up there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I thought it was going to be last year, but uh, damn injury at the quarterback. I respect it, but I don't like how cocky he is, as I already <laughs> said. Do you have any notes or like cool stuff? Because you said you prepared notes. Is there anything like you wanted to touch on that we didn't? I think I've gone pretty much everything I have for the 49ers. I've got some stuff on the other NFC West teams, but that's about all I have written down for, for the Niners. Okay, let's do the let's do those other NFC West things, and then I want to just do this real quick. We have a rating system: elite, good, frisky, unserious, poverty. The Niners, to me, I'm okay to throw them in elite to start the season. They're the only team we have in elite right now is Cincinnati because we're just starting to get going. Yeah. But I think this is a unanimous elite. I think that's not breaking any news, but yeah, I think that's safe to say elite up there with the, the best in the league. I think. Perfect. So let's do that. And then I want to hear your other NFC West stats. Let's just, the three of us can react to what you've cooked up there. Just fire through them. Yeah, yeah. go for um, it. All right. Well, I've got the uh, Arizona Cardinals under on the four and a half wins. I think they're going to go three thirteen, and I think they're going to tie, uh, tie <laughs> Houston. Well, I'll talk that one down right now. I think they're going to be fighting for that, uh, for that first pick. For all season, I think they're I, three would be, I think a solid win count for them, and they they will get a tie. I'll, I'll chalk that down for sure. The you tie prediction is electric because I feel like the Cardinals as a team get the Cardinals and actually the Texans just tie all the time in my yeah. brain at least. That's the way it works. Yeah, they're just primed for a tie, and they're going to be that team that you finish up a day on red zone and you're like, well, the Cardinals aren't they're playing tonight or tomorrow? Oh no, they played at that one at that one p.m. slot. Like they're just <laughs> not not doing anything. So. I don't have high hopes for the cards. I don't think anybody does. At least they'll look awful in their new uniforms. So there's that to yeah. look forward to. I think Harris Johnson Jr. is a good pickup in, in the draft as well. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. What do you got on uh, on Los Angeles and then finish with uh, the Seattle Seahawks? You know, Cooper Cup's getting old. Stafford's getting old. Donald's getting old. So if those three guys can stay healthy, I think they have a chance of beating that six-and-a-half win the six and a half over under but i'm not i'm pretty low on them i wouldn't mind you know seeing stetson bennett come into that sean McVay offense you know he's a seems like a game manager that would fit fit well there so that could be interesting but that's that's about all i have for the rams as well yeah i don't see much hope there but i'm with you fully i'm with you fully and then i i do want to hear what you have on seattle because like we said that's a team you have some history with and old flames I mean, I was pretty happy last year. Um, I think they'll do a little better. I don't think they'll be, I think they'll comfortably be going into uh, probably a home game wildcard weekend. It's kind of where I'd have them, like kind of an 11 and six or 12 and five. Um, I'm pretty excited to see uh, that Zach Carbonet, the running back from the second round. Yeah. Along with Kenneth Walker. I think that's going to be a pretty explosive backfield, especially with Pete Carroll's run heavy offense. So. I think that should be pretty good to watch as well as um they picked up uh who'd they get the oh Witherspoon to go opposite of uh Tyreek Woolen. So, you know, I think they got some good stuff there. I'm not hope I 
nothing on their O line that's really speaking to me. But um, and then I think arguably one of the stronger cores for trio of uh, wide receiver in the league with Metcalf, Lockett, and then uh, Jigba now. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty good to watch, and I'm I'm glad they got Derek Hall and Bobby Wagner returns. So I think that'll be fun to watch. I think they'll be similar to last year. I uh, just we'll see if Gino is uh, as good as he was last year. If that was a one year thing, I'm we'll see. Yeah, I'm a little cautious of that as well after doing some light reading. But uh, I I do I read that they drafted a running back in the seventh round, which is pretty good too. So I I think. I, I like what you said about running the ball a little bit more because they got three pretty talented guys by the looks of things. So I, I think that's going to be uh, quite a matchup San Francisco and Seattle. It's usually always good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I think back to those, like, I, I don't know why this comes into my head, but like Vernon Davis, Cam Chancellor, like hit when I think of those teams, I don't know if you yeah. have any, any play because these are teams that you're familiar with. Was there one like game or play that you remember well, because when these two teams played this outside of like an obvious one, like Crabtree and Sherman in the end zone. Yeah, no, that's, that's the one that came, came to mind. Obviously is the, the Crabtree Sherman in the end zone and the yelling at the reporter after put me up against a sorry receiver, like Crabtree kind of bring their best when they come, you know, we saw that crazy catch from Kittle last year against them, uh, you know, tiptoeing yeah. along the, uh, the sideline. So I don't know. I, that's one of my favorite, favorite matchups. I'm sure at least one of their games in prime time. So I'll be looking forward to that one. I missed the uh, 2019 Week 17 Marshawn Lynch return game for the number one seed in the NFC. That oh, was the that bad. was that was great. Yeah, that was a banger. It ended at the goal line, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They just Don't seem go. like a team that gets the most value out of their draft picks too. I feel like they always develop guys well and you know make good picks. I'd say so. I'd say so. Do you do you guys want any closing questions for? Uh... For Chris Brown, who I'm sure we'll be back. I think what we're trying to do is hopefully anytime anything Niners happens now or anytime, you know, they're in the news, we can pull from our pool and get some fans on to break it down yeah, for us. It. So good. I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy we have a commitment. So Adam or Owen, you guys want any uh closing questions? So we saw like last year Christian McCaffrey obviously was really good with the Panthers, but then he went to the Niners and um they kind of were able to put him in that offense and he had a lot of success. Is there a player that you see from around the, the the team or around the league, sorry, that, that you think like, Hey, if we could like pick this guy up, he would be, maybe he's not great at his current team. Maybe he is good, but he could be elevated with like the Shanahan offense or in the Shanahan system. Like he's not being utilized to the full potential. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, Thanks. Adam thought it was terrible. <laughs> Look at him smiling over there. Uh, you know who I wouldn't mind seeing and I think would be really good on that is Leonard Fournette. He's he's a free agent Whoa. right now. We were just he shouldn't be hard him. to get. You know, a good a good pass catching back. I think he'd be as old as he's getting. I think that he'd be all right on that team. That's just the first guy that came to mind. Yeah. I'm a Lenny guy though. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I like no, I like Lenny. Yeah. yeah, yes, sir. Okay, I would love to see that because he could probably. I mean, if you want to elongate your career, it's probably one way to do it, right? Yeah, just go and run in that Get offense. I think you could put. I think I could probably get five yards of carry in that offense. <laughs> oh, I've seen you play. You could get eight. Yeah, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't even be touched. You just go slide and get your eight and move on. <laughs> Adam, you want anything? Do you remember Owen from high school at all? I guess that's my question. <laughs> Owen Clark? Yeah, I do. Let's go. Yeah. And, uh, what's your uh can you give a life update to the fans? I hear you're going to 
uh, the States to work. Yeah, I've just got some got a work trip down in Portland. So I'm going down there, maybe see if I can pick up some Portland Pickles merch for the uh the minor league team. I think that'd be a pretty good hat to have. But yeah, just going down, seeing some clients, you know. Yeah, it's good though. Out of way. Busy. I love a corporate a corporate guy. Uh, corporate yeah. gang. I love yeah. that. That's yeah. a good thing. Man, respect. Thank you for coming on, Chris. I'm sure that this will not be the last time because we'll, yeah. we'll need you in the future. So well, thank thanks you. Thanks for having me anytime. All right. NFC West goes on. We're on to the Cardinals, which uh, lowest over under in the league, four and a half. Uh, we're joined by Curtis, who, Adam, why don't you give us a little bit of backstory on how you uh, picked Curtis to join us today as the Cardinals fan? Yeah, so I uh, I played soccer with Curtis back in the day, back in the like U8, U10, U12 soccer days. Um, and then I think he started refing a bit and I kind of stayed in touch, follow each other on Instagram. And um, I see some Cardinal stuff pop up every once in a while. I think I remember back in the day on his feed and he still follows them on Instagram. So I asked him how much of a fan he is. He said 11 out of 10. So I had no choice but to bring him on the pod we kind of like to ask for the history of the fandom of each of our guests. Like what made you become a Cardinals fan? How long that kind of situation? Oh, I was kind of forced into it. Cause I lived in Phoenix for a couple of years, uh, like uh, 2011, 2012. Those are two like brutal seasons for the Cardinals, but the cheap tickets and I lived there and my dad took me out a couple of times and then I liked it and kind of just stuck with them. Through all the mostly lows over the last decade or so, but few highs. So yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think back 2012 Cardinals. I, I got the name Beanie Wells in my head. I think that would be somebody that you had at that time. I, I don't remember who your quarterback was. Do you do you, I'm sure you remember? There was a it was a transitional period after Kurt Warner left. So it was like John Skelton a little bit. It, That's right. It was like it was a different yeah. guy every week. I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> I remember some line art mixed in there. Yeah, that sounded yeah. about right. The Cardinals have a lot of transitional periods. Like, it's not an uncommon thing. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels that way sometimes. And, you and know, then they got, like, really good again. Like, in, like, like two, three years after that, they were playing in, like, the NFC title game. Yeah, yeah. They they've seemed to string it together a couple times, just haven't been able to, to find the ultimate success. Um, it looked like... Things were moving up in the last couple of years and, you know, Cliff Kingsbury seemed to know what he was doing and then kind of <laughs> fell apart last season. So we'll see what happens now. Yeah. And I think the place to start now is with um, with Kyler Murray, who's out for the season with uh, well, not out for the season. But if things go the way they go are supposed to go, it would be no surprise if he didn't play the season. Um when you look back, or I guess give me, let's rewind the clock about 12 months. When you first saw that contract, and I guess sort of the stuff that devolved from it, like the video game clause and stuff, what was on your mind when you first saw it? And I guess where you're at with him right now, because he is the most interesting guy on the team, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, as a Cardinals fan, it was, it was a little bit surprising to to see some of that. But I think for maybe the general NFL fan base it was quite a bit more surprising to see that sort of stuff get popped in I think you know when you follow the team closely there's always kind of been some rumblings about Kyler being a bit um, immature and uh, his leadership being questioned and if you 
kind of pay attention to games closely. He'll have his moments on the sidelines, yelling at players, that sort of thing. So I think it was maybe just a, a, I don't know, some sort of strategy from from the organization to sort of get it out there and and try and get him to shape up a little bit and and progress his maturity a little bit faster. But I don't know. We'll see. I think even though Kyler might not be playing this season, I think this is a, a real big season for him uh, and his future with the Cardinals um, for, to really cement himself as a leader on the team and and take that step in maturity. And hopefully it happens. I, I like the guy. I think he's a good player. Um, I think he still needs to prove himself as sort of being a, a quarterback that can lead the team. But I think it kind of starts with that work ethic and that maturity factor that's hopefully going to keep growing over time. Yeah. And we've seen with this ownership, at least with the Josh Rosen situation, they're not, you know, scared to move off somebody if they pick first and there's a really good option available. And it looks, you know, certainly possible that they'll pick first. And they also have Houston's first round pick from that trade that they made. So they'll have two picks right up at the top of the draft, which is a piece of shrewd moves if you ask me, but you know, would you be surprised if we've seen him play his last game with the Cardinals considering if they pick first, he, the consensus would be at least as of now, August 1st, 2023, that Caleb Williams would be a much more preferred option to start next season with than Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think it it is a possibility. And again, it, it kind of depends on how this season goes, at least behind the scenes with the teams. And then hopefully if he can get out on the field at some point, showing what he, what he can do. I think, you know, one of the, one of the potential problems is, is exactly how they'd move on from him if, if he didn't end up playing this season at all and, and where exactly they'd, they'd be able to send him off to, to then go ahead and take Caleb Williams. There might be um, even more lucrative options for teams kind of looking for, for a QB at that draft next year to, to trade up if the Cardinals do find themselves in that number one position. I think, sort of like the Bucks come to mind as a, as a team that's probably going to be looking for a quarterback pretty soon here. So um, that could be a potential play as well. It's it's probably going to just come down to how the the culture shift of the team shakes out this year and and where management see, seems to find how Kyler fits in. Um, I think it's it's a really important point to remember too that we, we have entirely new management that shifted in and these weren't people that picked Kyler. Uh, to be the team's quarterback and weren't even the ones that were signing him to these deals and and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. What do you, what do you think of your uh, new coach Gannon? Because there was a lot of opinions on him and all those videos that. Yeah. Did you see that? The one with Rondale Moore. Phew, phew. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, I feel like they pick the worst things to end up on social media. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think. The real the real downfall was uh, with Cliff was his immaturity and his inexperience as a head coach. And I was kind of hoping they'd go in a direction where they they got someone um, that had a little bit more NFL experience. But I think it it sort of fits with the culture change that they're trying to get. Um, he seems like a, a pretty uh, friendly but detail oriented guy. Um, which I think is where Cliff was lacking quite a bit. Um, so hopefully that sort of stuff brings it in. But yeah, I think it's it's a risk as always to sort of bring someone in in their first head coaching position and and see how it works out. And I think it's an additional risk when we're already going through a bit of a transition period as a team. But hopefully they kind of transition together and it all goes well. 
I think I, I think as a general consensus, um, just I think teams need to stop posting like the first interactions that you know newly traded players have with guys that are already on the team. Shout out that Vegas uh, uh, Raiders video with uh, AB pulling up to Derek Carr's house that I love <laughs> to refer to. Um, the Gannon one was tough too. So um, I, I agree with your point. They gotta probably take it easy on those first interactions because they're probably not always the smoothest. They're like, oh, this is gonna be sick, and then it's nine times out of ten it's like an awkward (laughs) awkward interaction it's already tough to meet somebody for the first time and then it's equally tough when you like look to your left and there's like three cameras and a mic guy and it's like go on like say something say something that would probably be a little bit disconcerting i'd say i think your my thing is i agree with you that they need like detail oriented is a good word for that They, they they could use some of that to i don't know rub off on kyler a little bit but they also what where they lost me was the two coordinators that they hired who both don't have coordinator ex, coordinator experience. I don't really understand that as a idea. Like if I have a new coach, I would like to get somebody. I don't know, the name the name Norv Turner shot in my mind. Obviously not Norv Turner. He's like eighty, but somebody with head coaching experience who can also run an offense and or run a defense. I know he's a defensive guy and he brought over a Philadelphia guy, but offensively it would have helped to have somebody with some experience. At least I would think, and that would probably give you some more confidence as well. Yeah, for sure. I think experience is something that most teams opt for in the NFL, and it's it's definitely surprising. I I think I don't know where it comes from necessarily. It might just be you know, them recognizing that they're in a transition and that it might be better to try and bring in some fresh talent. But the amount of fresh talent was definitely surprising this year. So might be interesting. Yeah. And it, it sort of rubbed off in their transactions too. Like no JJ Watt, no AJ Green, uh, no DeAndre Hopkins, who they obviously released. Um, so it's going to be a very young team. I guess, Owen, do you, do you have any Cardinals takes or questions you want to ask that are uh, pressing you? I'm not super plugged in on the Cardinals, but I know they fired uh, Steve Kime. And my my kind of experience with Steve Kime was I watched a show uh, on Amazon Prime that talked is kind of like an in season uh, hard knocks about 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 the Cardinals. And he seemed to be like a guy who kind of knew what he was doing. So what do you make of that firing? And then if you know anything about the new guy, like what do you what are your thoughts on him? I kind of have been going along the last number of years thinking that Steve Kime was a pretty smart guy. He he generally seemed to know what he was doing. I I found the moves that he made to generally work in the Cardinals' favor. I think over the last season, there's a a bit of a falling falling out between him and Cliff Kingsbury. And I think just ownership as well didn't like some of the decisions that he ended up making. And I think that sort of led to that. I know there was some of the the leave of absence stuff that went into it and and who knows what's going on with that. But I think, I think ultimately it it probably just came down to ownership deciding it was, it was time to move on from that sort of era of management, both at the, the GM and the coach level, which, you know, probably isn't a bad idea just to, to make it fresh. Uh, And this new guy, Monty Austin Ford is, seems interesting. He's pretty bold. Um, He, doesn't seem to be afraid to make the Cardinals a little worse before they get better. Um, but he made some smart trades pretty early on and and seems like he's quite committed to to making that culture change with the team as well. So um, we'll see. Definitely the, the bold decisions with the coaching hires like we talked about too. Um, but yeah. The trade was excellent. I know you already mentioned it, but that was a 10 out of 10 move. 
we've had a lot of uh fans of teams already on the show and it's nice to kind of see like how they come on to the pod and like what their attitude is and it's funny to see like you're a Cardinals fan and I think the most positive thing you've said about your team is that they're interesting and you've said it like quite a few times so it's just it's funny to see the dynamic between like Gabe we just had on about the Seahawks and he thinks they're an elite team and they're going to win like 13 games and then you come on and the best thing you can say is that the Cardinals are interesting which is it's just a nice little comparison well I feel like the Cardinals are kind of you could forgive me if I'm wrong but I feel like the Cardinals don't get grouped in with like the jaded franchise jaded franchise like we always say the Raiders and the Lions and the Browns the Cardinals like really know and I I don't mean to offend but really know like history of success or elongated periods of success kind of just like blips on the radar like Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald are in the NFC championship game and then Kurt Warner is going to the Super Bowl and then there's no real like long patterns but do you sense that you like are kind of worn down as a fan? <laughs> That's kind of a rude question, but no, I think it's a good question because it, it definitely is interesting. And it really never feels like the Cardinals have get grouped into those franchises. I think they managed to to find a way of achieving like enough success every once in a while to to keep you going. Um <laughs> and uh that can be painful at times, but also, uh, I guess, a good thing that it's just not always bad. But yeah, I think, you know, NFL is a tough league and the Cardinals just haven't found a way to to crack it, especially in sort of the new era, era over the last decade or so. And I think it's it's just going to take some time. And um, really, I think it's it's came down to the how the Cardinals have tried to build their team over the years to not necessarily always matching up with with what needs to be done in the NFL. I don't think there was enough focus over the last number of years on, on what they're doing at the line of scrimmage and, and how they're going to move the ball effectively. I think, uh, especially with the Kingsbury hiring, he came in with big dreams of what he called air raid football and just hoping he was going to get some big plays and move the ball down the field uh, elegantly with Kyler Murray running out every once in a while. And there just wasn't a whole lot of thought into into how they were actually going to make that happen. And so thankfully we have a bit of a change now, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, only other question I have for you before we hit the over under is um, you're 11, 29 and one at home since 2018. That's the worst in the NFL. I, do you have any reason why that is, or is that just kind of an anomaly? It is very weird i think over the last couple seasons the cardinals have really found not as much last year but the two previous to that they found a really strong identity as a as a road team uh and they they generally played really well on the road and and found a lot of wins there and i don't know if it was just sort of you know that leading too far into their identity and maybe being more excited and more prepared for games on the road to, to come into other people's houses and cause some shit. But um, yeah, there, there just generally seems to be kind of a lack of focus at, at home versus on the road for the Cardinals. And it's been something that they haven't been able to crack for the last number, last at least two years, maybe even three. So four and a half is the total. Like I said, lowest in the league. Um, oh, and let's start with you on four and a half. I don't really have any schedule notes or anything, so 
you know, I think this is going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, but uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to bet that Kyler Murray comes back and plays a few games and that uh, they can squeak out some random wins here and there. So I'm going to take the over for no particular reason. Wow. I want to hear what Curtis has to say, because I feel like he might be the first uh, fan to tell us to take the under, but I, I just want to hear his take. Okay. Well, I've seen a lot of stuff and I've seen stuff from, are we going to have a, a zero win team to these predictions are, are so unfair towards the Cardinals. <laughs> I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I generally consider myself going into seasons an optimistic fan. Um, so I always would like to, to say I'd be taking the over every year. Um, but this one might be a little bit different. I, I, I could see uh, them stringing a, a two or three win season, just looking at their calendar. They, they have the, I think 11th or 10th um, hardest schedule this season. Their easier teams that they're playing against uh, are coming fairly early on into the season when they wouldn't have Kyler as well, which is another tough thing to add in. So uh, I'll say I, I'm hopeful that they'll get the over, but I'm not going to be surprised if uh, we end up at, at two or three wins this year. And that convinced me to take the under. He just, he said everything that I needed to hear. So I am happily going to take the under. I don't know, man. Weren't the Seahawks last year, like, over-under was like four and a half, and they crushed it. I'm not saying they're going to do what the Seahawks did. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll take the over. Why not? Uh, I mean, I four, five wins, I mean, I think they could do it. There's enough. I mean, the NFL, like... I could see them, you know, beating really any team. Maybe not the Bengals or the 49ers, but um, the teams will come in there or play home game against the Cardinals and they'll just not come with their best game and they'll, and they'll drop the game. The Cardinals aren't going to be playing with any pressure. I think last season was super negative for them. Um, and I think, you know, new management can it can always be optimistic for a team. I think if like they can get behind um, Gannon, the new coach, um, and just play, man. Just go out there, have fun, and and see what happens. I, I I don't I don't see you know why they would put so much pressure on themselves. I can see Colt McCoy like coming out with a couple wins, and then you know finish the season off with Tyler. Um, so I'm gonna go over. Have you taken an under yet this season? Because you took oh, yeah. four overs in the in the AFC North, right? I did take four overs um, in the AFC North. And you're at three. So don't worry, we still got like half the league to go. So. I just really okay. like this first first uh, half of teams. You like the whole AFC West is, or NFC West as well. I do, but uh, yeah, I, I need to get my forty. I didn't get my 49ers one, so I'll have to get oh. that in. Okay. Well, good, we'll do good. that after. We'll do that after. It sounds good. I didn't know how I feel about the 49ers. So. <laughs> I guess now I do. <laughs> um, give me, unfortunately, give me an under here because we hadn't mentioned the starting quarterback in week one till what minute like 25 and it's Colt McCoy. So that's enough for me to go under. And I don't, the new, the, the uniform rebrand was tough. Uh, that was a bit of a hard launch. Um, I, I wanted to ask that. What do you, what do you rate those? Not, not high enough. They, they <laughs> look too similar to like, you know, it's, it's actually, it's, it seems to sort of be a trend though, where these new uniforms that teams are coming out with just are, are all kind of basic. I felt it with the Jets uniforms a couple of years ago. I felt it with the Falcons. They, their jerseys were okay before, but I think they actually, they took a step down for sure with these ones. 
I agree. So you're not pulling a Gabe because Gabe was the previous Seahawks fan and he ordered three of the new uh, the rollback Seahawks jerseys. So it is what it is. Better to save your money. Yeah, he doesn't want a Colt McCoy uh, new Cardinals jersey. I was gonna Fair say, enough, I don't blame him. He might have a hard time justifying putting an Earths in his closet anyway. So I I think that it's a, it's a blessing in disguise that maybe these aren't so hot, but uh yeah he's kind of been doing that too sorry not to not to switch sports and stuff but the Cavs are just like the most boring jerseys i've ever seen in my life and if more teams keep doing that it's gonna suck i agree with you tough scene well i'm sure we'll have you back it's just a pleasure to have a cardinals fan on and uh you did very well so thank you for joining us i'm really uh i'm glad that you made it yeah thanks for having me on guys pleasure to be here appreciate it thank you thank you I did not think there was anything to talk about on the Cardinals, but I did not want to stop talking about the Cardinals, dude. That was sick. I it popped in my head like right at the end that I should have asked him about like COD weekend, like the the double XP <laughs> oh, weekends. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then the Rams are last, which they won the Super Bowl eighteen months ago. Kind of crazy, crazy thing to think about, and they really have kind of torn it down to the studs. Uh, they made one offseason signing and his name's Brett Rippon. That's the only guy they signed. They made 14 draft picks, including Stetson Bennett. There was no pick. I don't, they drafted like a guard in the second round. And then just third, fourth, fifth, they just loaded up. Um, last year, they had the most expensive offense. This year, they have the 25th most. Last year, they had the seventh most expensive defense. This year, they have the 32nd most expensive defense. They've, completely torn it down they've just ripped all the floors out there's just no floor anymore their their roster is kind of crazy to look at i struggled to remember a a fall like this in any sport and it seems like it's kind of uh like self-coordinated like that this is actually what they wanted to do is there one that jumps out to you was kind of similar alex i don't know if um i mean this is maybe the first one that was like coordinated i'd say um, I know like the, you could, you know, say the, uh, like Dallas Mavericks in, in 2011. I remember that was a really quick downfall, but that was more just cause like those guys were on their last legs. Um, tight beats. The Raptors. Mm, Raptors were pretty good for like, like they were raw that last year. They went that seven year. games with the Celtics. Um, you know, COVID, COVID year, longest, longest tenured NBA champions, um, of all time. <laughs> so so, and I mean, I don't know. I think the Raptors were pretty good, actually. And then that they had to play in Tampa that one year after. But I, like in the bubble year, they were, I thought they were good, man. They won seven games with the Celtics. Um, but this one, you're right, though. This one's like very like calculated. Like this is, they, they wanted this. Yeah. And the yeah, other I'm... teams were just like, oh, they signed a bunch of guys to like giant extensions and they thought they could compete. But like the Rams know they can't compete. Yeah. And matter of fact, let's, let's play a game because I have this up. Name as many defensive players on the Rams as you can. Adam, you start. Uh, I know two just because they have funny names. I know Russ Yeast. Yeah, hey, 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 leave it one. Leave it... Russ Yeast. I thought we were going to do a game. We were yeah, going like game, one, game. one, one, one. Oh, okay. okay, Russ Yeast. That I is not the that. first name I expected to be off the board. <laughs> Taylor Rapp. Gone. Yeast. Uh, oh, Errol Donald, that's yeah, a good one. That would have been my pick for first choice, <laughs> Aaron Donald. Yeah, he's still there, so we've got two. Alex, Alex, do you want to take a stab at one of these? 
Um, oh boy. Uh, I feel like they have a lot of white players on the squad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't. It was it was the other cornerback, but I think he like ended up going to the Jets or something. Yeah, I think Scronic. you're thinking of uh, Chronic. He's they switched him to safety now. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Here's here's everybody who's starting. I know uh, Jones. How do you know these names? Because I was listening to a, a Rams pod. I know Ernest Jones and uh the first guy named, but that's it. You're just We're... listening to a Rams pod. You have the depth chart up. No. Why did they get rid of Rap? I liked him. They they are the everybody they got rid of on D like Bobby Wagner, Alan Robinson, Jalen Ramsey, Baker, Leonard Floyd, Troy Hill, Ashawn Robinson, Taylor Rapp. Like they, everybody's gone. This is everybody they have left starting on defense. I'll read it to you: Kobe Turner, Bobby Brown, Aaron Donald, Byron Young, Ernest Jones, Christian Rosenboom, Michael Hecht, Robert Rochelle, Rust Yeast, Kobe Durant. That's it. Oh, I know Kobe Durant. That guy. What happened to Floyd? <laughs> I think I think he went to Buffalo. Oh, they're taking everybody. They got wrapped Kobe, too. Isn't Kobe Durant kind of decent? Because I know KD was like, oh, that's my cousin. Like, he's nice. <laughs> I have no idea. Somebody's got to pull his Madden rating. Kobe Durant, I think, yeah. <laughs> anyway, if that doesn't illustrate that they've, they've uh, kind of pulled this down, I don't know what else will. Um, I guess only other things I'd want to read is last year they were the second most injured team. Like Stafford and Cup were out for quite a while, um, but they didn't defeat a single team that finished with a winning record. They went zero and eight against teams with winning records last year. This is one of the worst rosters in the league. And I guess my question to Owen would be: If you're really bad, what would you do with Cup and Donald and Stafford, I guess, in that order. It seems like nobody would really be up for Stafford, but maybe if somebody gets hurt or something, I don't know. What would would you be open to trading all those guys at this point, mm-hmm. or do you want do you put any value in like lifelong Rams type thing for Cup and Donald? No, I don't put any value in that. Um, you know, if I were, uh, my question would be: I wonder if a guy like Aaron Donald would just retire if you tried to trade him. Um, it's maybe you know if you traded him to a contender he might be down for that but i feel like he's somebody that you know he's flirted with retirement before i'm not sure he'd be up for that um but yeah i mean if it's me you know and i'm the gm of the rams i'm anything i have of value i'm gonna try and move so i can um get younger and then get cheaper and younger for sure because they're not winning i mean maybe they have some guys that are really good that i've just never heard of but I, I the way the way I see it, I don't think they're winning for for years at this point. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You just they don't look set up for anything really with the core that they've had, except for the fact that they have McVeigh, who I think he signed a big fat contract this offseason. Doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. And to be honest, the, the over under six and a half. And you could make a pretty good case for the over just alone on the fact that they have McVeigh and they'll have two games against Gannon and one game against the Colts coach. You could see a roadmap to seven just off the three that you're getting right there, probably for sure. Um, Alex, do you see that as like an argument for the over that as long as you have McVeigh, you'll be okay? No. Um, I, I think we've seen a lot of good coaches um with bad rosters and a lot of good coaches that you know unfortunately haven't been able to get back to head coaching roles 
um, because of that, you know, that stain. It's like, oh, the coach sucked. It's like, well, did you look at their roster? Um, so McVay is obviously one of the brightest minds um, in the NFL, but I think this roster, I honestly can't name too many players. I do believe a lot in the coach, you know, accounting for a lot of wins and stuff, but with this bad of a roster and a team that, um, like we said, it seems like they know what they want to do. I don't think it's in their best interest to win like eight games. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to be outright tanking and, and doing a, a Doug Peterson, you know, with what he did a couple of years ago, but you know, I, I think that just with the roster, it's, it's too tough for McVeigh, And um, I, I don't, I wouldn't be picking the over. I do know. I don't want to tip his hand, but we'll do the over under now, six and a half. And I do happen to know that Adam actually likes this team. I think he is going to take the over. Um, give me a little bit of your reason why there, because you did tip your hand to this when we were talking to Chris. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I was, I was listening to a few podcasts and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I was trying to piece together why the over under is six and a half. Cause based on everything we say, it, it should be right around what the Cardinals number is. Right. But I mean, when you actually look at the roster, like I'm not going to make any case for the defense. The defense is probably the worst in the NFL, but the offense is, uh, like seven or eight of the same starters that won the Super Bowl. The receiving core is not bad. Like it's Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, who played really well, and Skronik, who was like pretty good last year, and he's their third receiver. Like he's not the number one receiver anymore. He's their third receiver. They have Cam Akers, who did really well in the tail end of last year. Oh, jeez. Cooper's gonna be playing. Oh, come on. Cam no, Akers. Come on, bro. Like, I'm saying the case, the offense is a good offense. It's the same offense that won the Super Bowl and they still have the same coach and he's not going to like, he's not going to sit back and not call plays. Like he's going to try to score points. So, I mean, I can see this team winning some shootouts. Um, They like, they still have Higby who like, he's a decent Higby. Higby. It's not the same offense. They literally, their left tackle retired after the Super Bowl. It's not the same offense. They can't run the ball either. Eight of the same starters that won the Super Bowl. It's the same offense with the same coach, dude. Okay. Those right, three starters are the, holes. You're doing the two years removed. I'm thing. taking the over. Where Stafford's back is like broken. Like, I don't even Stafford's know if this guy can throw the ball anymore. <laughs> yeah. Fine. And I've I've long time been at Stafford, a bit of a hater. And uh, I just think it's over, dude. I don't think he can stay on the field anymore. Like, that's kind of my biggest problem because I agree with some of what Adam's saying, like McVeigh is a pretty dedicated guy. He's going to put everything he has into it. I like him to be around six or seven, but I just think Stafford's broken down and it's like, do I really want to pick Stetson Bennett to do okay? Do I really want to pick Brett Rippon to take a hold of this offense? I, I lean under here, but I could see a world where this does squeak to seven, eight, because he, in my mind, McVeigh is that good of a coach. Are you telling me that you think Cooper Cup Van Jefferson is like a bad wide receiver duo? That's like one of the one of the better ones in the NFL. I think half of it's good. Well, Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson. Oh, he played really well until he got injured. Like he was. But the, I didn't even play last year, though. He was hurt. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really do it for me either. But I I take slight under like six because they're not going to lose more than that, Owen. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go. I think it's six is a good number. I'm going under. I don't like. This I'm gonna number. go under too. 
and that wraps the NFC West. And I think we should put the Los Angeles Rams in unserious. I think that's a fair place to put them. I don't. I yeah. wouldn't say frisk or poverty. Not poverty, but unserious for sure. But based on everything you said, it sounds like you think they're a poverty team. Like if you think the only thing holding the team together is the coach, why do you think the over under six and a half? And why do you think they're unserious? Half the guys are saying they want to retire every offseason. So then wouldn't they be poverty? No, I can't take them seriously because their roster is bad. But if it was okay, I would take them in the frisk zone because their coach is so good. That's the way I see it. Interesting. Okay. But I digress. And obviously we didn't rate the Cardinals, but obviously they're poverty. I don't need, I'm not breaking news to anybody when I say <laughs> that the Cardinals are poverty. They are literal textbook definition poverty, which is good because last year they were textbook definition unserious. And this year they've been demoted to textbook definition poverty. So that's good. That wraps the NFC West. We do have a bit of a dilemma now for the next two shows because I'm going to be in the UK, but I'm going to wake up in the night and record both. But maybe as a little bit of a like a like a bone throw, we could like pre-record some of the uh some of the next divisions we want to do this week. Maybe. Oh yeah. So yeah. let's work on that and try to map out what we want to do going forward. So anyway, let's uh wrap up with the movie because I don't think there's really anything Obviously, you know, like Subway sandwiches and stuff, Mitch McConnell freezing, you know, Jalen Brown. We could talk about some of that, but let's just hit the movie and just uh, press the uh, exit button. So let's start with Alex, who's going to be picking the next movie. What are you picking? I'm picking- oh, no, oh, no, sorry. Owen, start with Owen. Owen. Owen's picking the next movie. So what's the next movie we're watching? Let's hit that first. Well, so first I want to ask you guys, what's your tolerance for like uh, extreme gore and violence is it is it is that like a, it's like a, a no zero. for you guys pretty high for me okay i have high tolerance alex is high tolerance did i hear no tolerance from adam adam's gonna turn the movie off I, I i i just don't see the enjoyment in it personally I'll we can watch it. watch it we can watch it i'm down if we're willing to give it a shot um and if you turn it off if it's too much adam i don't blame you but uh yeah this is Fair warning: This movie, uh, from what I've heard, has extreme violence. So, uh, and gore. So, just be prepared. But it's called Bone Tomahawk. That does sound like it might have some of that in there. All right. So I'm not going to be watching. My plan was, oh, good, I have a long flight this week. I'll watch it on the plane. I won't be watching Bone Tomahawk on the plane. I think I'll I'll rip that out that one out at home in the comfort of my own bedroom, so other people don't see me watching it. As as some background, so I watched, so this director, he's kind of known for re- making these like kind of really grisly kind of th- thriller action horror comedy type movies. Like it's kind of a weird genre bending thing. And I watched his, one of his movies called Brawl in Cell Block 99 over the weekend. And it was, you know, pretty horrifically violent, but I loved it. I could not have loved it more. It was, cool. with, it was Vince Vaughn and anybody, you know, if you want to, if you want to watch just like an amazing action movie that I, that's what I recommend. So I, I heard this was even better than that, so I had to give it a shot. Go, it's okay. got Kurt Russell, dude. Western horror is the genre. Yeah. So, damn. Okay, this is going to be sick. I'm kind of looking forward to this now. Okay, Bone Tomahawk. So that's going to be what we're watching this week. But this past week, we watched San Junipero, Adam's pick. Um, there was. <laughs> <laughs> 
there was a low consensus rating amongst the people in this room. Um, but I know Adam liked it, so I want to start positive. Let's go to Adam first on the rewatch. What did you think? Yeah, it's always tough picking a movie and uh hearing that no one liked it. But um <laughs> yeah, the the rewatch was uh I think it was like kind of similar to my first watch, maybe a little worse. Um but I mean I think it uh it raises some interesting questions and I kind of liked the idea that they introduced and um I don't know overall it, it it was like a kind of like a feel good episode and I kind of enjoyed it so that's that's kind of my take like I'll try and be diplomatic um you can be I think that there are some interesting like ethical questions that I think you could probably talk about based on this movie but cool. for me I just I didn't care about the characters I found the story pretty dull um it never it just wasn't compelling at all and I just was kind of you know kept checking the time to see how much was left so it could end soon I just didn't enjoy it <laughs> um I wasn't uh I wasn't a huge fan either um like I don't know just from the start I didn't I didn't gel with the characters I think um uh, Kelly came on a little too strong for me in the in the first 20 minutes and was a bit annoying in my opinion um and personally I actually didn't really like her throughout the entire movie because or because uh, she came on really strong in the first 20 minutes and then in the last 20 minutes you know they decide to get married um and then she hits the I forget what the other girl's name was Yorkie. Uh, her name was uh Yorkie um and then she you know Yorkie thinks they're gonna live together in eternity and she's gonna meet her, her there eventually and then she hits her with like no like I was just doing you a favor it's like well that's not the like that's not what I thought you were doing um and then gets all mad at her and everything and storms off and I felt bad for Yorkie so um I mean it did make me feel a little bit of emotion I felt bad for Yorkie you know she thought she found her you know her um partner um but yeah kelly was a really unlikable character for me um yeah. but but the whole idea of like euthanasia and stuff is i mean uh, i don't know if it's because i work in the medical field like that's a normal thing i think like it's it wasn't really like a new concept to me the whole you know but um i mean yeah it was i it didn't blow my socks off yeah i uh I don't know. It just it, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know if it was because I mean, I wanted it to go like a couple different directions at different Damn. times and it just didn't go the directions I wanted it to go. Like I thought we were going to get like a scary aspect when they kept showing like midnight and I was like, "Yes, like let's get a little like crazy stuff going on. Like is she a werewolf? Like what's happening at midnight? Yeah. Like is she like actually like murdering her?" And then when it was about like I don't know, like living eternally. I just, it, it just kind of lost me at that point. And then I wish that Kelly, who I agree was annoying, just abandoned her. Like, I wish that she just like left for good and was like, I'm actually like good because I'm going to just go live, not live forever. Like, I'm just going to die. Like that would have been a better ending for me um, because then it just kind of felt like nothing happened because I wasn't like invested in their love, really. Like, it just didn't really grip me like that. So I was kind of hoping for a bit of a knife turn at the end to make me, you know, feel something. But 
I don't know. It just it just didn't grip me. But I don't think I would do San Junipero. I not really something I'm that interested in. That was kind of going to be my question. Like, if you were, if you were in uh, Kelly's position and like your family didn't get the chance to do it, but like you trialed it and you fell in love with this person in this, you know, universe, would you follow through with it or would you like feel bad and go join your family? I I wouldn't. Be, well, based on what Kelly was saying, because she gave Yorkie like so much shit. She was like, you didn't even care to ask like what my past was. You didn't even care to ask like if I had a kid, if I had a husband that I loved so much. And it's like, okay, man, like that's fine. If you're so passionate about that, then like do your thing. And she was. And then whatever, she gets in that car wreck and then she has a change of heart in a split second and now she wants to go to San Junipero. So I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that arc. I didn't like that for the character. I kind of agree with Phil. I feel like she should have made that that follow through. But would you have done it? I don't know. San Junipero, I don't know. It looks a little creepy. I don't know what. Like, it looks It looks kind of, like, nice on the, like, outside and all that stuff. But I don't know. It's kind of, what she say, like, 90% of those people are dead. And it's just, like, a never-ending, like, they just party and stuff in San Junipero forever. Like, well, you can go to like whatever year you want and you can like end it at any time and you can kind of live in whatever era you want to live in. Oh, you can end it at any time? Yeah. That's what Oh, you... I thought it was like forever. You're like stuck partying in like the 80s. Oh, you can like you can pick the era you want to go to every week. And like if you want to end your, you know, like your game or whatever, you can just stop. Okay, then then I'm interested then, because is there a way for me to travel? Like, can I go to like Dolphins like, Jets 1991 and see like the fake Spike Marino at the goal line? And then like a week later, be like, I want to actually see Santonio Holmes catch in the end zone yeah. in 2009. You can, can watch it on that? TV, but I think you have to live there. Okay, then no. <laughs> Probably no. I'm, I I really want Owen to get in on this question. Back no, back. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean... Yeah, you can. There's lots of living people that are, you can find, and then you can just go there when you die. Like I don't know why you just do it early. Like, I don't know. Is everything better the second time? No, Oppenheimer was, but is life better oh. the second time? No, I don't no. think so. I think that was kind of the point that it's like heaven is is just kind of like your life, and it's like you don't really need to go to heaven. You just need to like live your life and enjoy it. And it's like we don't believe in heaven. We just believe in like you know living in our 20s so that yeah, was- see that's a good that's a good message and a good question they just conveyed it so milk toast so boring oh because the first like- song they yeah. listened to was called heaven is a place on earth and then it's like all these people are in heaven and it's just like this town on earth where they just live but yeah but i don't what do you guys think about this format too like this one hour movie like there was a way you could have done this in like two hours that actually, you know, might've been pretty good if you got a little more of a backstory and stuff and you told it a little bit different ways. Like, I just feel like you're very like capped off at a one hour. Limit. Yeah. I feel like some more back, like a two hour, maybe would have changed this, like flushed out the characters a bit more, get some backstory. Um, it's definitely a, like, that's a common criticism from the, uh, the series like some of them really work in a short amount of time and some of them is like i would have liked this to be a movie yeah i think what like with this specifically it's like 
part of the the like what they try and do is make you care about these characters and their story but then they don't give you enough time like it's like they meet and then they're getting married 20 minutes later it's like you just don't care i could not care less about the characters and like you guys said like i actually disliked at least one of them and that's the thing when you have such a short runway you say one line you'll it'll stick with you for like half the show it's like i didn't like the way she handled that and then you don't like them like you have a very like slim fairway like you, you like really if, if it was longer they could have like brought in like kelly's past or something yeah and then maybe you care about her more and you sympathize with her more but i just think like like she dumped all that in like the last like 20 minutes of the episode and i was like whoa i so. agree with that uh, it was interesting but i just it just left me a little bit cold that's what i'll say yeah so i'm gonna give it two stars yeah yeah, I'd give it about about. Yeah, I'd give it two. That's good. That's right. Out, uh, out of five, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two. Adam, what are you giving it? I'll give it four. <laughs> I like God. that you stick liked with, it. No, stick with it. I. I'm not. That. I'm not a rating shamer. I'll be the first to say that. Like what you like, unless it's like Hugh and you like Transformers and Hobbs and Shaw. In which case you disgust me, but I'm not a rating shamer, so I uh, I respect it. Adam's well, given us some bangers, yeah, like Spider Man, Spider Man into the like Spider Verse. That was raw. <laughs> that was a raw pick. Yeah, it really was. That was a sick movie yeah. recommendation. Yeah, that was Adam, a good one. keep doing what you're doing, dude. You got a good streak going, so you know it's all good. Um, but yes. What's it called again? Tomahawk Blade? Bone? Uh, it's called Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. So that's next week. We'll be breaking that down. Um, yeah, I'm excited to take this show international. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to coming in at a different hour and just maybe bringing in some different flavor. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, pray, pray to God that it actually works because there's a small chance that it just doesn't and then there's just no show. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed about that. But yeah, 10. Um, 10. 10. Good job, everybody. And good job to the guests, too, who are all great. So we'll be back a week from today, hopefully. Like I said, maybe some margin for error there. But uh, yeah, hope everybody has a good week and uh, enjoys August.